my name is Liz Rachel and welcome to the grade four five class at Edmonton Christian Schools Northeast Campus in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Welcome to another day in God's story. We are exhilarated to have you join the Every Square Centimeter podcast as we tour this beautiful land we call Canada, celebrating and finding inspiration in the people, places, and practices in and around Christian education. In our last stop on our virtual tour of Canada, we spent time at Trinity Christian School with Jackie Giraffe as we learned that our COVID hobbies varied greatly from end to ending, which I would put in the category of exploring nature, to lawn removal, which I would put in the category of destroying nature. We learned that cucumbers need an advocate, and I'm going to be there for them because we have pickled onions, pickled carrots, pickled eggs, but no one's talking about pickled cucumbers. So from now on, I'm calling them pickled cucumbers. Anybody with me? Okay. <laughs> no. All right. It'll be my thing. We also learned that exertion farts will linger, probably more in so <laughs> reputation than in smell. Uh, we learned that Trinity Christian School is a fantastic school that represents more than 40 churches. We also learned that some might say that sound walls are to TikTok as word walls are to Facebook. No one's actually saying that, but I just thought it sounded kind of cool, right? Uh, and last of all, we learned that how Jackie beautifully and intentionally invites her students to be co-workers with Christ in mending the tohu vavohu. It was a treat visiting with Jackie Giraffe. So go and listen and tell other educators to listen as well. But today... We're calling our group a surfeit in Edmonton, an Edmontonian surfeit. And to get to know our surfeit, we're going to start our podcast with the name segment. My name is Jeremy Horlings from the Prairie Center for Christian Education, or PCCE. And alongside me from the Society of Christian Schools in British Columbia, or SCSBC, is Mr. Lift With Your Legs, Darren Speaksma. Hey, surfeit. Hey, Hey, Darren. Darren. Darren, our prompt today is tell us about a pet. So right now we have one pet in the house. Her name is Lucy. um, And she is the epitome of cats do not have owners. They have staff. Um, (laughs) She is one of those. um, I will give you attention when I feel like it Mm -hmm. or if I need anything. But do not expect me to be affectionate when you're in the mood. Only when I'm in the mood. And... (laughs) I will swat you and scratch you if you get in my way. So that's Lucy. I love Lucy. Beautiful. (laughs) Nice. From advance in Eastern Canada, we have a guy who just loves the sound of a disc hitting the chains at the end of a long disc golf hole. Justin Cook. Hey, Canada. Oh, Canada. Canada. All right. I I think so, right? Justin, tell us about a pet. All right. Well... (laughs) We don't really own any pets, but my children are hounding me <laughs> for a dog. Yeah. See what I did there? Don't do it. Well yeah. done. Yeah. They are relentless. And here's the thing. We had a dog when I was young, and my dad decided he was allergic to dogs after we owned the dog for like eight years. <laughs> we got rid of the dog. The dog found its way back to us, and then wow. we gave it back to the other owners. And I don't think they cared for it very well. It was in the garage. It ended up dying. Aww. I am Aww. like hugely scarred mm-hmm. over Aww. the. And so I just I don't think I can do it again. I just can't get back on that 
horse. No, wait, that doesn't make sense. Okay. Uh, my wife has a similar story, Justin. Uh, she, her parents said that she was allergic to dogs. However, we have a dog and there seems to be no issue. So, okay. uh, yeah, trauma. As we heard off the top, we are honored to be welcomed virtually into Edmonton Christian School's Northeast Campus by grade four, five teacher, Liz Rachel. Hey, Jeremy. It's great to be here. Hey, Liz. Liz, can you tell us about a pet? Oh, can I ever? Well, we have a dog um, and his name is Archie. And uh, man, he uh, he's a labradoodle. We thought that we would, uh, you know, we thought we were being really like well thought out, getting a labradoodle, non-shedding dog, hypoallergenic. Mm-hmm. Well, this dog is uh, more lab than doodle and sheds <laughs> like crazy. Um, and smart as a whip, though, you know, he um, we probably should have called him Houdini because he has managed to figure out how to open like the garage door opener from the inside. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. So we um, thought we were taking good care of our dog, you know, and um, all of a sudden I'm in the middle of a teaching day and I'm getting four calls from my neighbors in the middle of a math <laughs> class because Archie has gotten out. And I said, what do you mean Archie's gotten out? And they're like, yeah, he's all over the neighborhood of Fort Saskatchewan. And I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do? So anyways, turns out that he had somehow, you know, gotten through that, you know, that door that connects the house to the garage, right? Because we have those attached garages here. And uh, found the garage door opener, put his paw on it, and out he was right into the neighborhood, you know? And I thought, holy cow. So he... uh, he has brought the community together, you know, he is, he is a community watchdog in a whole different way. Brilliant. Um, that's awesome. We, uh, we also have a, a lab mix, but it's a, with a Mount, a Bernie's mountain dog. So a lab Bernie's, oh. uh, he was mixed with a chocolate lab and a Bernie's mountain dog. And he looks like a black lab with a little bit of white spots on him. So, yep. Uh, his name is Barracks. Uh, he's just over a year, and so a little bit of a puppy still. Um, and probably in the last, well, two weeks ago, there was a span of three days uh, where uh, we were not proud owners. You guys know that um, with dogs, you don't really train dogs, you train people, right? And so with four kids, we're learning that training kids to train the dog is very difficult. So he gets out quite often. Um, and Recently, uh, our neighbor was looking over some mallard duck eggs that decided to lay the eggs in the middle of their their yard. And uh, unfortunately, Barracks uh, decided that uh, he had didn't have enough eggs in his diet. Uh, ah. And so we're those neighbors, um, <laughs> and we felt awful. So we tried to lock him up a little bit more, and last co- and then about two days later, Laura had our kids had begged for some uh, sweet and sour meatballs, homemade sweet and sour meatballs. And so she made 30 of them. And as the, as they were sitting on the table waiting to go into the oven, mm-hmm. we came back and uh, 20 of them were gone. Uh, so we had to uh, postpone the sweet and sour meatballs. So he was definitely in the dog house. Oh. Insert, insert, no, but um, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nice. So anyway, pets are great. Um, hey, if you're <laughs> if you're on Twitter, tweet us a picture of your pet. Everyone loves to tweet pictures of pets at every square centimeter. 
For the second half of our opening square, we have our host choose from a variety of segments that all rhyme with aim just because we like rhyming words. We've had shame, flame, but today Liz has chosen the segment. Liz, can you give us a drum roll with your mouth? With my... Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Game. Yeah. Yes. We're ready. All right. For our game segment today, we're trying something a little different. Liz has chosen some questions from the Alberta curriculum, placed them in categories from grades one to five in a, are you smarter than a fifth grader kind of mimicking that game show? And so each of us have a buzzer. um, And so we're going to make sure that the listeners know who has what buzzer. So this is my buzzer. It's a ukulele. Okay. Uh, Darren, nice. you want to give the listeners your buzzer? So I've gone with the Fox 40 whistle. Okay. <laughs> That's going to be lovely on the ears. And uh, Justin, do you want to go with uh, your buzzer? Oh, yeah. The classic re- grade school recorder. <laughs> Beautiful. So Liz is going to try to distinguish uh, which sound came first. Uh, we can answer at any point in the question. So even if the question is, is not done being asked, uh, we, can, we can chime in and uh, try our attempt. And if the first person gets it wrong, um, Liz will just keep reading the rest of the question and allow the other two to try to guess. Uh, I think that's... I think that we're good. So, Liz, I think by a process of elimination, uh, we've gone with the person that has won the least amount of games. And so Justin gets uh-huh. first crack at the categories. Uh, well, gee, thank you, Jeremy. Uh, okay, Liz, we're going to start in the middle with grade three language arts. Ooh, okay. Grade three language arts. Are you ready? Here we go. An example of a homophone would be big, bigger, Biggest, B, sell and sell, C, bang. All right, Jeremy. I'm going sell and sell, like two different spellings, but they sound the same. You are correct. Oh, yes. Well done, Jeremy. Well done. Thank you. How many points was that, Liz? Oh, that was about 50 points. 50. Holy moly. That's a good start. That's a good start. Should have got that one right. Yeah. All right. Do I get to choose the next category? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how it works. Well, um, you know, that was grade three. So uh, better back up for my my, uh, competitors here and go maybe to grade one math. Ooh, ouch. Okay. (laughs) All right. What number is missing from the sequence? 25, 30, 35, 40, 50. Ooh, Darren. I'm going with 45. Oh, and you are correct for five points. Well done, Darren. Well done. Hey, it's good to be on the board. It's just good to be on the board. Did I hear five points? Yeah, yeah, you got yourself uh, five points. Ooh. I think five points is better than no points. That's all I'm saying. That's a good call, Darren. Good call. um, I'm going, um, maybe let's go grade two Bible. All right. Here's your question for grade two Bible. To test his brothers, Joseph put a silver mm. Mm -hmm. All right. Recorder Justin. Nice. 
cup? Yeah, that's exactly oh, right. Wow. Um, wasn't it a goblet? No, oh. it was a cup, Darren. In the Hebrew, it was cup. <laughs> it was a silver cup in his sack, yeah? So This is a grade two Bible question, Darren. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Slow down there, high school. <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right, nice job, Justin. That gets you uh, 30 points. Yes. Ooh. All nice. right, puts him in second place. Mm-hmm. And second category. place. All right. What cat are you going to pick? Oh, yeah, right. Uh, we're going up to grade four health. Okay. Ooh, scary health. Yep. You just All right. Go to health curriculum. Controversial. Ooh. Uh, all exciting. right. Here we go. Okay. Grade four health. Here's your question. The macronutrients our body needs are A, macaroons, macaroni, and macadamia nuts. B, that. water, iron, calcium. Okay, go ahead. I'll go B. Okay, water, uh, iron, and calcium. Okay, no, that's uh, that's not right. That's oh, not okay. right. Yes. <laughs> Liz, are you handing out negative points? Yeah, for no, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> just keep just keep reading the question, please. <laughs> okay, so Justin can't answer. He's out of this question. Okay, so what okay. else? What? Okay, C. Here's here's C. Carbs, fats, and proteins. Oh man, I'm going uh. with C. Oh, Darren, you're right. Another five <laughs> points. Way to go. <laughs> Which I believe keeps me in last, but I'm still good to be on the board. Yeah. That's right. That's right. It's keeping you on the podium. All right, Darren, why don't you pick our next question? I think I'm ready to up our game. I think we're into the rhythm. Uh, let's go with grade five science. All right. Grade five science. Here's oh, your question. I'm stressed. <laughs> Here's your question. Yeah. Evidence of a chemical reaction can be seen when A, there's color change, D, uh, B, there's uh, an odor, C, light. Are, are you ready? I'm uh, going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say D, all of the above. Yes, oh! I get, that's totally what it is. Well played. Well played. That's exactly right. Yes. Yeah, that was impressive. Yeah, beat me to it, buddy. I know. Sweet. You get 100 points. Oh, 100 points. 100 points. <laughs> that sounds fair. That sounds fair. I think it's time for the million-dollar question. That's what I'm thinking. I need, a, I need a comeback here. So I think let's go all or nothing. I know it's not my turn to pick or anything, but uh, <laughs> dare me. Come on. That's the yeah, right choice. Darren, uh, yeah. So I, I will move to the million-dollar question because I do feel ready for it. Uh, oh. I'm also leading 100 points. Uh Justin, 30, and then Darren with 10. So I can see why you want to get this game over mm-hmm. with, Darren, but let's move mm-hmm. to the million-dollar question. All right. Million-dollar question. Here we go. Who wrote Underground to Canada? Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Justin. Oh, I just need a second. Oh, come on. I'm still thinking. <laughs> Justin, oh. Justin gets to answer. Oh, come oh, on. Doom, He's not allowed doom, to leave doom, the room doom, to go no, look at his kid's bookshelf. Why am I blanking at doom, this very moment? Doom, 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 doom. This is the pressure of the game. Oh. It's only a million dollar question. Barbara Smucker. Oh, wow. wow. How did you pull that out that of there? Oh, impressive. that was so stressful. I think that's oh. worth five points. <laughs> that's worth five. Yeah. 
Congratulations. Oh, what Justin. a great game, guys. What a great game. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> that was a nice poll, Justin. And Liz, <laughs> thank you so much for uh, humoring us with that and putting together for those that, you know, our listeners won't be able to see it, but you'd actually created a beautiful Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader um, slide presentation. Uh, so thank you so much for taking the time to do that. We're going to transition from our opening square to the part of our podcast where we learn a little bit about places in Canada, in this case Edmonton, and celebrate the people and practices in Christian education. As we heard off the top, Liz teaches at Edmonton Christian School in Edmonton, Alberta. Justin, tell us a little bit about Edmonton. All right, Team Surfit. Edmonton is located on Treaty 6 territory, a traditional gathering place for diverse Indigenous peoples, including the Cree, Blackfoot, Métis, Nakota Sioux, Iroquois, Dene, Ojibwe, Solto, Anishinaabe, Inuit, and many others whose histories, languages, and cultures continue to influence Edmonton's vibrant community. The name, Edmonton's named after its British counterpart, a city Edmonton in England, when it was first Fort Edmonton of the Hudson Bay Company. It's a river town split almost exactly in half by the North Saskatchewan River. Started in the Columbia ice fields of the Rockies, the river meanders into the city from the southwest, out the northeast, and then on into Saskatchewan. The amount of water it brings to the province of Saskatchewan annually, seven cubic kilometers. Seven cubic kilometers. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, nice. Nice, Jeremy. You had it. The river's original Cree name is Kassis Saskatchewan CP, meaning swift current. And from this Cree name, sorry, is derived, obviously, the name Saskatchewan. Edmonton highlights the river identity with the River Valley. I'm assuming, Liz, that's the massive park that follows the, uh, the, the river. 22 times the size of New York's Central Park. Hmm. Wow. Large. Yeah. Guys, Edmonton is the gateway to Canada's north, the northernmost city in North America with over a million people. Sorry, the largest northernmost city in North America with over a million. And as a northern town... Guess how many hours of daylight for uh, summer solstice? Ooh. 19. Yeah. Pretty uh, good. 18. 12. 17. And in the winter solstice, seven and a half. Yeah. So quite the difference. Northern lights are commonly seen for 90 nights per year in the winter. And I don't know if you guys are aware of this. Maybe you are, Jeremy, and you, Graham. But there's this Battle of Alberta happening between Edmonton and Calgary. Uh, It's a heated, long-lasting rivalry between Edmonton and Calgary. We're not just talking hockey teams here. Don't tell Zach Robichaux or Calgary Christian School, but it seems to me like Edmonton's the clear victor in the battle. Here's why. Alberta joined the Confederation with Saskatchewan in 1905. The government was liberal at the time and favored the non-British immigrants in the Edmonton region over the British immigrants of the Calgary region. Therefore, Edmonton gets the capital of Alberta. 5,000 residents at the time versus 12,000 in 1905 in Calgary. Victory number one to Edmonton. This was immediately followed by a second key victory, The location of the University of Alberta in 1908 was decided that that would be in Strathcona, which shortly after got wrapped into Edmonton. Mm -hmm. 
But we can't skip over hockey either. Once again, Edmonton has the upper hand with the most Stanley Cups. Thank you, 1980s Oilers mm-hmm. dynasty. Gretzky. Five, five cups, all from the 80s That's versus Calgary's. Nice, Tekin and nice. Versus Calgary Flames, one Stanley Cup. And then one last decision for the battle. Which one has the best attraction? Well, in episode two with Zoc, we highlighted the Calgary Stampede, as we should, well known, visited by one million people per year. But the West Edmonton Mall, visited oh by 32 million people annually. Now, if wow. you do it per day, that's actually 100,000 for Calgary versus 87,000 for Edmonton. So there's a way to maybe split hairs on oh, this, yeah, but yeah. – 32 million by just sheer volume and variety. You got to be impressed by the West Edmonton mall. There's a lake in there, fellas. Did you know that there's a lake in there? Come on. Who puts a lake in a mall? Only Edmonton. So there you have it. The victor of the battle of Alberta, Liz's own Edmonton. They call it the city of champions. I think they've claimed themselves that. So, yeah. Still for leftover from the eighties. Yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah. Uh, so Liz, Edmonton is is where you work. How did you end up in Edmonton in that area? Yeah, I was born in and raised in Edmonton. Um, I attended Christian school, K to twelve. Uh, I got married and moved twenty minutes northeast of Edmonton to a small city of uh, called Fort Saskatchewan. And uh, what's your favorite thing about Fort Saskatchewan? Yeah, I would have to say it's the family feel of the city. Um, the trails for mountain biking are amazing. Uh, we also help start a church plant that is growing and bringing all kinds of new believers, um, yeah, to the faith. What, what's the church, Liz? It's called Bridge Church. Okay. Shout out to Bridge Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liz, you want to tell us a little bit about your school? Uh, for sure, yeah. Northeast Christian School is one of three schools that belongs to Edmonton Christian Schools. Um, the vision of our school is that students would be challenged through Christ-centered education to actively play their role in God's story. So that's uh, that's a fantastic vision. Um, I'd be excited to pursue that vision. Um, we all have, as we as we come into our schools, um, our favorite places. What's a, what's a favorite place for you, and why is that your favorite place? Well, um, this year, I guess the hallways and outside have been uh, my favorite places, mostly because that's where we get to see each other, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so those have become kind of community hubs in our school. Uh, other years, it's been uh, our auditorium where we all get together, do assemblies, uh, that kind of a thing. Liz? What would your classroom look like if you had no budget constraints? Oh, if I had no budget constraints, I I don't know that I would have a classroom because we would mm-hmm. be everywhere. We would be composting out in the community. We would be serving the needs of people, uh, you know, at the mm-hmm. mustard seed. We would be checking out the history of Canada and interviewing immigrants and hearing their stories. You name it. Uh, we would be, we would be there. Mm, I love it. So we're thinking magic school bus and yeah. Christian style. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Get me like one of those funky dresses and <laughs> nice. Nice. let me, let me live my vision. <laughs> Liz, besides summer holidays, what got you interested in teaching? 
Well, that is an interesting story. I guess, if I'm being honest, I never even thought about being a teacher initially. The fact that I'm here and I'm talking with you as a Christian educator is because of God's direction over my life, regardless of how much I tried to circumvent that plan. Mm -hmm. I now get to live out his story for my life, which is way better than anything I could have asked or imagined for myself. Um, initially, my learning journey began as a student, uh, like any other student, but with one small difference. I had been born with epilepsy. So back in those early days, I had about like 30 petty mal seizures a day. And this, of course, caused quite a regular interruption in my learning and my memory. Mm -hmm. And as I went through the primary grades and then into upper elementary, I knew that there was like gaps in my understanding. But as a kid, you don't really know how to articulate that. Mm. And so as I moved into junior high, I got frustrated with not knowing what I didn't know. And I decided that socializing was a lot easier and way more fun. <laughs> School was something I had to do. Uh, and let's just say it was all duty and no desire at that point. Mm -hmm. um, I was a real rascal uh, in those junior high days. Uh, I would challenge authority. I got lippy. And I knew that at times my teachers were out of ideas for how to get through to me. Mm. And that is until my grade eight homeroom teacher came along and he was he was that teacher um you know the one you respect the one who sees something better in you than you saw than you see in yourself and he kind of challenged me to live out my best self rather than those other versions that weren't really doing me any favors mm. and he kind of asked me point blank he said who do you want to be mm -hmm. and that was a tipping point for me uh, when someone sees your potential and then all of a sudden you start to see yourself with these new possibilities, um, I guess I got drawn into a different story. Mm. And little did I know what the next chapters would bring. So high school came around for me and uh, I had this newfound understanding that God had a plan for my life. Um, my seizures that I had had as a little kid went away completely but the gaps in my learning were still there. And my lack of capacity to hold things in my short-term memory made retaining information real tough. Mm -hmm. But between these memory problems and just like my general lack of interest in learning, I passed my courses, but barely. And in grade 12, my diploma year um, was coming up and I had calculated out what I would need to pass my classes because you see they were worth 50% back then. Mm -hmm. And I was realizing quickly that even if I passed those classes, my marks were not going to be good enough to get into university. And I started to panic a little. Mm -hmm. And so that night, um, I prayed. And it was the kind of prayer where, you, you know, you go into your room and you're on your knees and you're having a heart to heart with the Lord. And in my prayer, I told the Lord my story, which is which is kind of funny because he's the author of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I told him that I never really took this gift of learning seriously. And so I asked him for his help. And I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to study the hardest I ever have. I'm going to commit to the, pro the process and I'm going to like really do my best. 
And then uh, the rest is up to you. And because the truth is, is that even my best right now isn't going to get me into university. So if your plan includes me going there, then you got to find and prepare a place for me. So I, I applied to a bunch of colleges and universities um, and I got a bunch of no's. And then, but I had shared my story um, with um, Dort College Christian University in Sioux Center, Iowa. And they had kind of, they had called me back and said they would love to have me. So off I went to Sioux Center, Iowa, not sure what my major or minor was going to take or I was going to do. And I just went like pure blind faith that God had something for me there. And another chapter, here we come. So uh, it was here away from everything that I knew that God really opened up my mind for learning. Things just kept clicking, right? And my grades were skyrocketing and I was loving theology and I was thinking maybe God had something for me within that discipline. Um, and then one day I was writing my theology final and then I had another seizure, a big one this time, and I had to go home. Hmm. And so I was kind of beyond confused and frustrated and in this place of like, now what, God? And God's plan kept unfolding and another chapter and a new setting. And I found myself at King's University College in Edmonton. And I declared philosophy and sociology as my majors and I still had no idea what I was gonna do with that. Um, I graduated with my bachelor's and I felt this tug on my heart to join this group of English teachers for a summer in Tibet of all places. Hmm. And then another new chapter. Um, but this was the chapter that God kind of cemented in my heart that he was calling me to be a teacher. Hmm. And I remember thinking that that was about the craziest thing I've mm -hmm. ever heard from you, Lord. <laughs> you and I both know what school was like for me. Mm -hmm. And you and I both know what I was like in school. Um, but the nudging didn't go away. And it got stronger and it got stronger until finally, when I got back from Tibet, I said, okay, like I'll go and I'll put my application in for the ed program. But I'm just going to let you know, Lord, that it starts in three weeks. So again, if your plan for me is to be there, then you've got to make it happen. And again, I promised to bring my best. Well, I got in, graduated, and for the past 15 years, I've been in a variety of teaching assignments. Um, I love working with kids who have a hard time learning, mm -hmm. uh, who struggle to regulate their emotions. Uh, if you ask me what drives me, um, I guess it's the fact that I experienced how teachers can impact kids to see their story as God's story for them. And I see what God had planned all along. My struggles were going to serve his kingdom and his kids. And my deep hope is that kids get to love learning because I love learning now. Um, I love being engaged in it and I want them to find a better story of who they are uh, when they come to my class. And then the other cool thing about this is that because God is so redemptive and restoring that all those teachers who I gave a real run for their money to, mm -hmm. I've gotten to teach with. Mm -hmm. And as adults, we get to rewrite our story together. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one that shares this educational mission that is like just completely transformational. Liz, that's that's, uh, that's fantastic. Um, I do love also um, the circle 
and that you get to be in that situation where you're not sure what you should call this teacher because they've told you you should call them by their first name, but they've always been Mr. or Mrs. Right? Um, So weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Love it. Thank you. Uh, getting a little nostalgic here just because mm-hmm. I just about didn't graduate myself. And um, now I find myself here, you know, getting to do this sort of stuff and be passionate about education. Absolutely. I would love to hear as I'm hearing your story and doing my own reminiscing. I would just love to hear about um, like a learning experience or a project that you have been able to do with your kids that just keeps the fire alive for you. Like we know four or five. Like that is a sweet age. There's a level of independence that comes with that age, but they still love you. Yeah. And you're, you know, one step below God and one step <laughs> above parents in many mm-hmm. situations for a lot of these kids in fourth and fifth grade. So yeah, just share a story that's just where you've been inspired by your kids, a project or something, a learning experience you've done. Yeah, we've actually, we've done a few. Um, I the one, the one came out of kind of this, it was kind of organic because... You know, you get the classic question from kids, well, why do we need to learn math anyways, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, actually, you know, every everything we do, um, you know, c- can be given for service. And uh, and so out of that, I said, let's let's actually take this. Let's take what we um, what we're learning, which was decibels at the time, and um, let's see how we can bless others because of what we know. And so we uh, really got into learning it well. And then I gave them this challenge and I said, the Mustard Seed Church, which is um, uh, like, an, like a church that uh, helps, uh, you know, inner city people um, without homes, uh, needed 100 sandwiches um, for their clientele for lunch. And... I said, hey, could we could we make those? Could we attach this to um, our learning and um, and do that for you? And they said, absolutely. And so what I got the kids to do is I said, okay, uh, we have $100 and you are going to go and research different grocery stores. You're going to compare prices. Um, and these are the things that you need to include. This is what this is what you have to have at the end of it. And I will take you wherever you want to go. Um, if, if you find the cheapest meat here, but the cheese is, is better over there, then we'll go. We'll make it happen. Um, and so we ended up looking at three different grocery stores. The kids made a budget. They had to work with a whole bunch of decimals. They didn't know how to multiply decimals in grade four. That's a grade five outcome. So they had to like, there was a lot of adding that they had to do. <laughs> and I thought, well, it just reinforces the skill that we find. So, and uh, so anyways, once we had our budgets and they knew exactly like what they were going to get, uh, we went to the grocery store and they picked up all of their supplies. And then we brought all of those supplies to the mustard seed where they gave us a tour of their facilities and they let us in um, on on life there. Mm-hmm. And after we had a context for their story, then we were able to kind of, um, you know, really bless them with, with making these sandwiches. And the kids afterwards, mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll ever look at math the same. Mm-hmm. Was I, I love that intentionality, uh, that risk-taking, the willingness to say, I'll go where you guys want to go. Um, because 
learning and uh, service are going to trump, you know, my inconvenience or, you know, the challenges of this. Cause those are real as well. Those mm-hmm. um, this year and last past year, COVID restraints have made it more difficult maybe to do something like get on a bus and go to mustard seed. Uh, do you have any ideas or, or things that you've worked into your year to engage students still in, in meaningful learning? Absolutely. Yeah. We, um, this year we had a really neat opportunity to partner with, um, Emmy Lizert and they are um, a high school, public high school that's close to us. And they wanted, um, they wanted us to partner with them on this read the world's project. And what this was is that, um, the literacy coordinator from Emmy Lizert wanted to have some tools, um, and some resources for students who were coming in from other countries um, who didn't speak English um, as their first language uh, to have a rich exposure to books. And so we partnered with them and we um, really worked on our fluency. We worked on our presentation skills. How do you communicate your voice over video? And uh, we did a lot of video editing. And we were, we had different students who um, create, you know, created these uh, stories, um, read these stories for students, and they were they were themed. Um, so they were themed with the Christian message um, and and the fruit of the spirit, and so that again we could share our story with someone else who who needed to hear one. Liz. Uh, it's, it's so exciting to hear you talk about the actual designs of these experiences and um, that your, your, your bus isn't magic at all. It's actually just you doing real things for real people. And um, it, it's amazing. And I know with Edmonton Christian School that teaching for transformation is a real part of the learning vision here. A number of schools in Ontario are just about to launch a more explicit kind of commitment to teaching for transformation. Can you, can you tell us and others about, you know, what is if I asked, what is teaching for transformation? How do you answer that? Yeah, I teaching for transformation in a nutshell is recognizing that learning is formational and that it has to include service. It has to include real work, real people, real needs. Um, and that when we do that, we're engaging um, in learning that is meaningful and serving the kingdom. And it doesn't matter if you are a kindergarten student or if you are graduating grade 12, right? We can engage in that kind of work. And, and, that's, and that's what I love being in the service of. Great. Um, you've talked uh, through your story, some time in Dort, some time in Kings. And I've often, uh, I've heard you say um, that there is also like connections. You've connected with the mustard seed and... Um, You've also got here a connection with a university that you participated in uh, as well. So it must have been fun to to be on this end and connecting with King's University. Um, talk to us a little bit about that project. Yeah, so um, I love partnering with people. I, you know, when it talks about that two are better than one and they have a better return for their work, it, I, I couldn't agree more. So I had the opportunity to partner with Dr. Darcy Fisher, who is the biology professor at the King's University College. And uh, we we got our students together. And I said, what if students could teach um, students to learn? What if we got out of the way and um, let them be the experts to one another? 
And so his students took my students um, to a wetland uh, in Cooking Lake. And um, what did we do there? Well, uh, we did field work. And his students were able to um, walk my kids through, you know, what is a wetland? What is biodiversity? Can we find, you know, different animals, um, you know, that live here? And how are they interacting with each other? Um, and and they learned, they learned all of the outcomes um, in field work with the university students. And then to celebrate that afterwards, um, we had made worms and dirt and uh, decided to share it with them just as a fun thing. And, you know, community was born and connection was built and learning was reinforced. Yeah. And it was a it was a beautiful thing. Yes, it does sound like a beautiful thing. As a, as a proud uh, dad of a science student, um, one of the things that strikes me about that story, of course, is that whether you're in fourth grade or fourth year university, you're always going to appreciate some quality worms and dirt. Um, so I <laughs> yeah. love that. And a shout out to Darcy and King's University um, for being committed to that. Um, you you talk about experiences. You talk about real work. Um Talk to me a little bit about um, the changes you're seeing in students, because you're obviously passionate about this. You're you're committed to doing the hard work and the extra work to make these things happen. Um, there's obviously going to be a level of return. Can you talk to us a little bit about either a specific student who you really saw excel in these situations or just the change in students in general when they get to be part of learning like this? Yeah, they, um, the change is amazing. Like they're just so engaged. There's, you know, classroom management goes down as engagement goes up, right? I'm not managing, I'm not managing students because they're, they're doing, they're doing real work. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I mean, we're having fun and every once in a while there'll be kids, but, um, for the most part, they're excited. They get excited when we have, um, when we have a service learning opportunity and they, are naturally sharing kind of their reflections about, you know, what they learned and what they would want to do next. That I don't have to prompt that mm. because their heart is is right there. And mm. all I have to say is, okay, well, how are we going to do it? Mm-hmm. And and then we can move on to the next thing. And so those those are the gems that, you know, you get to experience when when you put forward this kind of learning experience. Mm-hmm. Liz there's so many things that could stand in the way of the risks and the, and the, the energy that you're putting into authenticity and engagement, you know, budgets and time. And can you just say a little bit about how you've managed to overcome those constraints or how you, how you find a way beyond the things that often stop us from doing that kind of authentic relationship building and purpose learning? Yeah, I, um, well, I have to say like, I haven't, I'm supported with an amazing admin team who like lets me do these ideas and is just like, go for it. Um, and how can we support you? And, um, and if there's something that I haven't thought about and I have to circle back, okay, well then we do that. I recognize that this work is, it's not linear. It can be messy. Um, but it's just so worth it. Mm. And so because, because that's the main thing for me is, is allowing kids to be engaged in their learning in a way that, you know, reveals God's story. I, I just go for it. 
And you know what? The other things, you know, those hijacked priorities that come into your way, okay, we quickly deal with that. But then we keep the main thing, the main thing, and we move on. Yeah. I love it that you're highlighting admin. And also, it's actually your school's mission. You know, your school's mission is to live God's story. And so I just think that's really powerful, the way you're connecting so powerfully to it. Mm-hmm. Liz, one of the obstacles that I, I, I find when working with teachers and creating formational learning experiences or flex as the language we use in TFT is um, – like you're talking about connecting with community members and you're saying, I just love working with, like, how do you hear about those stories or how are you connecting with them? You know, like Kings and Emmy Lazert and, or finding them. Yeah. How are you finding these? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, um, like my ears are always open for Mm. everyone else's expertise. Right. And I do believe like I am not the only expert in the room. And in fact, in our community, you know, we have a ton of expertise. And so with, um, uh, with the mustard seed, I uh, that was an idea that had kind of been percolating in my mind because I wanted to connect with them. But then it so happens that Sarah Nikolai, who is also an alumni of uh, Edmonton Christian Schools and King's University, uh, was working there. And so I, you know, I knew she would get on board with this vision. Um, and and so we and we so we kind of started a conversation and and collaborated and then the same thing kind of happened with uh dr visher his his daughter was in my class and uh i thought hey this is perfect (laughs) (laughs) uh i you know what a better way to engage uh his expertise and 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 what he does with students than to to get in there together Mm. and so it was just a phone call and we kind of had to work it out and some bugs and some timetabling but um, but we but we both really loved it and and I know we would love to do it again. Cool. Yeah, Liz, that's great. I um, as I'm listening to you, um, I'm finding it very inspiring, and I'm thinking of um, my own grade seven classroom and some of the rascals in there. I believe you said, and where you are now, and um, with a supportive admin team doing these amazing things. And could you talk a little bit about? I asked you how do students get changed, but how have you changed as a teacher as you've watched this learning live and breathe and change in your classroom? How has it changed you as a teacher? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, I think for me, I, I've just learned to surrender what I think I know Hmm. um, for what, you know, for what could be possible. Mm -hmm. Um, and I might have this idea of something, but as I've talked about in my story before, like God has such bigger plans. And when we really listen to kids and we kind of hear like, you know, what could we do around this that would be really um, engaging or what's something you want to learn? And we lead with that. Uh, then that's, that's sort of, that's sort of what has kind of propelled this forward all the time, you know, is that I don't, yeah, I'm the, I'm the teacher in the room, um, but I'm at the service of their learning. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I've changed is I just, uh, I've just put myself more like leading, leading them from, from what they need rather than what the curriculum is, is mm-hmm. telling me. And you know what? And they dovetail so nicely all the mm-hmm. time. Beauty. Liz, thank you so much for sharing 
uh, your personal story of coming into education and also your teacher story, we're going to now segue to what we call our celebration of learning. All right, as we've now said for our last bunch of episodes, to be inducted into the esteemed Every Square Centimeter Celebration of Learners Gallery, which, by the way, you can find on the Christian Schools Canada website if you look uh, for the podcast. You'll find past episodes and some show notes and information about the guests that we've had. So in order to enter that, you need to join us on our podcast. So we thank Liz for doing that. Share what your, you know, your teacher's story, and in your case, Liz, your, 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 uh, even just your story. Uh, so we thank you for that. And we also ask that somebody write something in to celebrate you as person and as teacher. And so today, Clint Schenk, Vice Principal at the Northeast Campus of Edmonton Christian School, sent in this. For those that know Liz, they know that Liz is a lot. Lot is like all capitalized, okay? More specifically, if you know Liz, she brings a lot to the life of our school. She brings the volume and the laughter. She brings the energy and the self-deprecating humor, which she needs considering how often she loses her keys. (laughs) She brings the party, the passion, and the personality. She's a whirling dervish who pulls those around her into her spirited vortex. She's all the all-in type, and she pours a lot of herself into her students, colleagues, and community. She's insightful and reads people well, and she's a devoted advocate for students. In short, she's an integral part of the fabric of this place, and we're a lot grateful for her. Aw, thank you, Clint. Clint. Mm. Good guy. Besides the fact that he made me say party passion and personality uh popping the peas um but we'll thank thank him anyway um liz uh if people want to get a hold of you or contact you how could they do that um they can get a hold of me through email my email is liz.rachel r-a-c-h-u-l at epsb.ca edmonton public's schoolboard.ca. Thank you. Listeners, uh, we would love your involvement in our podcast as well. So email us at everysquarecentimeter at gmail.com. Give us some opening square ideas, a fun prompt, segment ideas. Send us your feedback. Tell us about an educator that we should celebrate. Pose a question you want us to discuss. And last of all, we would love more people to know the amazing work that educators like Liz are doing. So please rate, review, and subscribe. Hit that subscribe button in whatever platform you use to listen and tell a friend or colleague about the podcast. Before Darren sends us off with a blessing, Liz, we thank you for hosting our Surfit today. And I'm going to ask, as we do every podcast, what group of animals you think I'm referring to for Surfit. Justin, let's start with you. Okay. Feeling good yet again, even though I'm over. I'm going with the Arctic hare. Ooh, Arctic oh, hare. That's now I got to go with something different. Oh, seriously? <laughs> yes, because it's the only animal I think of in Edmonton is these huge hares the size of small dogs that intimidate you in the parking lots all over the city. Watership down, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so two Arctic hares or Darren? You no, I'm coming up with something new now. So oh, okay. nice. pick me last. 
Okay. Liz, what do you got? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with a pelican. Okay. Pelican. Ooh. We've had some yeah. birds recently. Okay. I've been on a little bit of a bird, um, uh, okay. tandems. True. Okay. What about maybe the wood bison? Like, isn't that a thing Ooh. in that area? Oh. The wood bison? Yeah. You guys are being very specific, you know, um, wood bison and Arctic hare. Uh, none of them are correct, though, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so uh, a group of skunks is called a surfeit, oh. a surfeit of skunks. Ah. Yeah. I didn't know skunks were a thing in Edmonton. Oh, yeah. yeah. Any, any, I was going to ask any skunk stories, just like anybody have a bad skunk experience? No? Okay. No. Well, if you did. I grew up on Vancouver Island where there are no skunks. Okay. Skunk Come free. On. Mm-hmm. Skunk we can free. change that. Hey, Jeremy. Well, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Exertion Fart. Uh, no skunks, though. Like, no smells from that. So, listen, if you want to keep skunks out of your property, uh, here's the recommendation from the city of Edmonton. Setting up a radio to make noise and lights will also help make your yard less appealing. I'm just Makes everyone. Happy too. Oh yes, exactly. Could you imagine? Uh, here's another <laughs> another piece of advice for keeping skunks out. Unfortunately, there are no registered skunk repellents, but predator urine has shown success. Mm. So, <laughs> I've successfully used wolf urine to keep the deer out of my garden. Come on. <laughs> yeah. How like much does that cost? It's crazy, just for the record. And every time it rains, you got to go out with a squirt bottle and pretend you're a wolf. It's crazy stuff, but keeps the deer out of the garden. So my my first random question was going to be, who are you sending to collect predator urine? But apparently, Darren, you're just going to the you're going out to the store. So here's my question, my random question: What's something that makes your yard less appealing? What's something that right now is making your yard less appealing? And as I'm seeing question marks, I'll just throw in that we started with dog stories and there's a yeah. certain part of my dog's life that definitely makes my yard less appealing. Uh, Justin, you look like maybe, oh, Liz, Liz, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I think it's all of the, uh, you know, patches, you yeah. know, the bare patches as you alluded to. Yeah. I was, I was alluding to bare patches. I was also al- alluding to piles of stuff. Um, uh-huh. yeah. So Justin, well, less appealing to me or for the animals. It's 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 more appearing appealing for the animals. I don't know if I've talked about it on the pod yet, but uh, I've put in a little pond in our backyard with my son, and uh, we stocked it with a little bit of minnows, and everything's coming to try and eat the minnows. <laughs> so I'm just having fun trying to survive a pond invasion by raccoons, skunks. I'm sure. Throw a few badgers or possums in there. Oh, wow. I'm really appealing right now. <laughs> You're collecting animals. I'm an oasis over there. Oh, yeah. Darren? I've got this invasive species in my lawn right now, and because I don't use herbicides, it's taken over, and it's irritating me, actually, because it's starting to work its way into the gardens as well. Um, the one nice thing is when everything dies, when it's dry here, it stays green. Okay. So I'm trying to decide... <laughs> how to manage that and if it's worth the um the risk i thought you're going anti-lawn I, I this is this should push you over the edge no more lawn um i'm also married to someone who likes lawn so there's uh <laughs> there's a little bit of a dynamic there that we're still working out so Got it's it. a small postage stamp of lawn in the backyard and i refuse to use herbicides and as a result um 
the days probably are numbered actually nice. because at some point jamie's <laughs> going to get so tired of how bad it looks that she's going to be like okay go ahead just rip the thing up roto tiller time mm-hmm. uh full disclosure that question was simply an opportunity for me to invite darren into more long <laughs> conversations because that's every one of our podcasts needs to have some darren uh uh can you please leave us uh lead us in a blessing yeah for sure liz uh listeners uh justin jeremy graham um receive this blessing um May God invite you to lean on him as you lean into a rhythm of work and rest. May God nurture your attentiveness for students, their cares, their hurts, and their celebrations. May you be a source of hope through God in a world that often seems hopeless so that your enthusiasm for life and learning empowers students to see themselves as God's chosen and loved. And may your enthusiasm be a contagious connection to the love of Christ. Amen. Amen. Stay encouraged, educators. We want to thank Christian Schools Canada for sponsoring the podcast. Please know that the views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of CSC, the schools of our guest, or any of our three regional organizations. Thanks for listening.